Welcome to Impact Church's podcast with Pastor Travis Hearn. Pastor Travis also serves as the team pastor for the NBA's Phoenix Suns and has served Major League Baseball as the team chaplain for over a decade. Today, he leads us with a powerful and hope-filled message. We're so glad you're tuning in, and we believe that wherever you're listening from, that God will impact your life through today's message. I want to start by reading from a passage that um, I don't think I've ever preached from it. But then again, I've been preaching for 30 years, so there is a chance. But I want to read to you from 2 Kings chapter 6. It says, the disciples of the prophets said to Elisha, the place where we are staying is too small for us. Let's go to the Jordan River. Each of us can get some logs and make a place for us to live there. And Elisha said, go ahead. Then one of the disciples said, Elisha, won't you please come with us? And Elisha answered, I'll go. So he went with them and they came to the Jordan River and they began to cut down trees. And as one of them was cutting down a tree, the axe head fell into the water and he cried out, oh no, master, it was borrowed. The man of God asked, well, where did it fall? And when he showed Elisha the place, Elisha cut off a piece of wood and he threw it into the water at that place and made the axe head float. And Elisha said, pick it up. And the disciple reached for it and picked it up. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word today. We pray that you would speak to us. God, that we have just... Uh, another day of life change, God, another day of life change. Thank you for your word. Sow this seed, God, deep into our hearts today that it may take root and we may be fruitful as men and women of God. We pray this in Jesus name. We all say amen. amen. And I know we already did this, but I think you all should let Mr. Nick Day know how appreciated he was today being our guest at Impact Church. Nick comes all the way from Louisiana, and so it's good to have him here. I'm in full-blown recruit mode. We can never have enough amazing worship leaders, so don't let him leave without saying yes. That's your job today. But um, I love this story. In 2 Kings chapter 6, God supernaturally makes this axe head float from the bottom of the Jordan River to the top. And I knew God wanted me to preach on this passage but I didn't know exactly what he wanted me to preach on this passage. And this is what happens to me every week as I go through this roller coaster of ideas. And ideas just maybe I'll preach this, and now maybe I'll preach that. And then so I thought, well, one thing I could preach in a sermon title would be bottoms up. Because you know, if you put your trust in God, if you cry out to God, he will take you from the bottom to the top. In fact, it says in Deuteronomy chapter 28, 13, the Lord will make you the head, not the tail. Let's read this together out loud. Ready? Here we go. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord, your God, that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will be at the top and never at the bottom. Look at somebody and tell them, that verse is for you, baby. That verse, that's yours. God's going to make you the head 
and not the tail. But then I thought, you know, another sermon title could be God truly does care about your stupid acts. Because it says, as one of them (laughs) was cutting down a tree, the axe head fell into the water. He cried, oh, master, it was borrowed. (laughs) And the man of God asked, well, where did it fall? And I just started thinking, like, God cares about, about you and the stupid stuff that you do. God cares about the little things in life and not just the big things. He cares about every single need. He cares about every detail of your life. In fact, Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, he said, the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Like God knows how many hairs are on your head. For some of y'all, it's not rocket science. (laughs) So do I. And then he says, so don't be afraid. You're more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Thank God. Then I'm more valuable than that. But then I decided I'm not preaching on that. And I thought of another sermon title is God help my broke axe. Cause you know, sometimes we just need a little financial help. Sometimes we just need a little breakthrough, a little promotion. You know, we need a new career. We need a new business. We need, we just need some, some help. And as one of them was cutting down a tree, the axe head fell into the water. And, 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 and I, can, I can relate to that. Like you set out to do something good and it all goes wrong. Can anybody relate to that? Like, man, I set out to do something good and the whole thing blew up in my face. So, 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 so God, help me. And then the, the other sermon title, which I'm not preaching on, is just simply my stupid acts because have you ever, have you ever borrowed something from somebody and you broke it? (laughs) Yeah. Raise your hand. Am I the only one? Or or you damaged it. You borrowed something from somebody and you, or you lost it. Anybody, you borrowed something and you lost it. It's the worst feeling in the world. Like I borrowed this ax and then I broke it. In fact, I not only broke the ax, but I lost it. The axe. I, I can relate to this. There was a time when my wife and I and my kids, we borrowed a friend's really expensive diesel truck and his fifth wheel. And we went out and had a great time. And then I got sick, like very ill. And we went to take, it, it cut our little camping adventure short. And we don't camp, FYI. We aren't campers. So that was like camping, like glamping, and it was close enough, and everything went bad. And I returned the truck, but of course I've got to leave it better than I left it, and so I filled it up with gas. (laughs) But not diesel. I don't like to borrow stuff. But anyway, God told me you're not preaching on the axe at all today. And God led me to preach what it is that I'm actually preaching on. 
and that is verses one and two. If you'll look at it with me again, verses one and two, the disciples of the prophets said to Elisha, the place where we're staying is too small for us. Let's go to the Jordan river, each of us and get some logs and make a place for us to live there. So my message title today is you've outgrown that. Look at somebody and tell them you've outgrown that. You have outgrown that. Look at somebody else and tell them you have outgrown that. You have outgrown that. The place that you've been staying, it's too small. Let us go to the Jordan River. Let, 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 let us go. We need to move on. The place you've been staying, it's too small. You've outgrown it. It's time to move on. Let us go. Make a new place for ourselves. Anything growing is a good thing. When you're growing in your relationship, it's great. When you're growing spiritually with Christ, it's great. When your finances are growing, isn't that a great time? When your business is growing, everything is great. But growth does not come automatically. It comes with a lot of work. A lot of work. A lot of intention. A lot of effort. So God tells you today, you've outgrown that. It's too small for you. It is too small. It's time to get out of this place. There are some things in your life that God wants you to know. You're here for this specific reason today that you have outgrown that. That mindset, you have outgrown that. Those environments that you've been hanging around in, you've outgrown that. You've outgrown some things in life and it's time to move on. That way you've been thinking, that way you've been talking, the way you've been behaving, the people that you've been hanging with, you've outgrown that. Paul said, to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. He said, when I was a child, let's read this together. Here we go. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned like a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Look at somebody and tell them, but did you grow up? But did you grow up? Because he, sa he says, but when I grow up, but my question is, but did you grow up? I put away childish things. That's what God wants for you today, to put away childish things. God never intended for you to remain a child, a baby. Can you imagine being born and then in age numbers, in years of living, you're like 60 years old, but you never really grew up, you're stuck in a one-year-old's body. Can you imagine? You're 60, but to all of us, you look like you're one. I can imagine that. Because, because that's some of you today. That's a lot, in fact, of Christianity today. Christians, for crying out loud, men of God, women of God, who who go to church every, every, every Sunday. 
They never miss. They sit right there. But never grow spiritually. They, they, they never grow up. You know that you can go to church every week and not grow spiritually. Did you know that? It's like I could go to the gym once a week. And I could even work out once a week. And it will do nothing. Or I can do like some of y'all do at church. I could go to the gym and just hang out for an hour. Kind of make my rounds and hobnob around. What's up, you guys? You guys good? I went to the gym, but nothing is happening. God says it's time to grow up. In the book of Hebrews, it is a book of spiritual maturity. Hebrews is about spiritual. God is trying to tell them, you need to grow up. You need to grow up. You need to put the childish things behind. In fact, verse one, he says, let us press on to spiritual maturity. Let us press on toward spiritual maturity. Because then in Hebrews chapter five, it says, by now you should have been teachers. I I want you to look at somebody you love right now and tell them this one's for you. This one's for you. By now you should have been teachers, but once again, you need to be taught the simplest things about what God has said. You need milk instead of solid food. (laughs) People who live on milk are like babies who really don't know what is right. Solid food is for mature people who have been trained to know right from wrong. God wants you to grow up. No more being a spiritual baby. I thought I'd illustrate this. I got a spiritual baby and I got a spiritual baby's daddy. I got, I got a spiritual baby and his father right here. Pastor Darrison, my spiritual baby. Pastor Andre, hey, Pastor Darrison, that's your daddy for the rest of your life. That man right there. And Pastor Andre is, you know, it's, he's a good daddy. So he's got to make sure that Pastor Darrison is well taken care of. Darrison's, you know, four or five months old baby boy. So he's got to put a little beanie on his. He got to keep that melon warm. You know, you got to keep that head warm. Got a little, oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Got to put the bib on because Darrison is just a baby. He can't eat steak. He can't eat salmon. Darrison got Darrison. He needs his ear cleaned out. He needs his nose cleaned out. He needs his daddy to clean him up all the time, all the time, because Darrison need a toy, something to keep his mind busy. Oh, yeah, and a binky to shut that boy up. We need to put a binky to pacify him. And he's going to need a little bit of baby food. Because... (laughs) Jojo, come get this. Get get a good close-up of this. Can we get a good close-up of this? Pastor Darrison, he's trying his best. He... 
But once again, you need to be taught the simplest things about what God has said. You need milk instead of solid food. And And your daddy, he got to change your diaper. Your daddy got to put diaper on you. (laughs) Boy, I have never seen anything so horrible to look at in my life. Baby Derry, baby Derry, you're not done yet, baby Derry. And, and, and then, you know what? Leave him there, Andre, for a second. Haley, can somebody, Andre, can you give me that chair? I need the chair on the end. You just got to lift it up and pull it out some way. I don't know. If you need to break it, you play in the NFL, so you should be able to break it if you have to. Thanks, brother. Appreciate that, Andre. And then, and so, but this, this is what happens. I need you to move to this chair. Darrison, move to this chair. But you're in church every week. But you're in church every week. You're literally in church every week. And you got to be pampered and baby. I want you to give my stage prop dad and my stage prop baby a round of applause. Let's go. I want you to do this again. Look at somebody and tell them, look at somebody and tell them, you are Pastor Darrison for sure. That's you, baby. That's you, baby. God wants us to grow up. You, you've out grown that. God wants us to grow up. Let's look at this verse again. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 11, he said, when I was a child, when I was a child, I spoke, I thought, I reasoned like a child. But when, when I grew up, but when I grew up, I put away those childish things. Have you ever thought that, does your life look any different now than when you were a child? I'm not saying you don't believe in Jesus, but your maturity level as a man of God, as a woman of God. He says, when I was a child, but I've outgrown that. And some of you today, you need to outgrow that. I want to just look at two areas. And this is what that verse covers. Number one is you've outgrown talking like that. You've outgrown it, man. You've out, it's not impressive. It's not cool. It, I, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. Uh, one, one of our dear friends two weeks ago, Scott Williams, he preached on the mouth. It's a great sermon. If you didn't listen to it, jump on our YouTube channel and listen to it. It's two weeks ago, Pastor Scott Williams, and he talked about our mouths. But this verse, it says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. But sometimes you grow up and you grow older, but you still speak like a child. Some adults, some Christians who still talk like children. Some Christians whose mouths are no different from an atheist. And he wants you to, to, to grow, to grow in the way you use 
your mouth, this tool, it is a gift that God gave you. And that tool is powerful. But, but hey, don't, don't, don't act like you don't know what I know. Because I know Christians by the hundreds who gossip and slander, who belittle, who, who make fun of, who they, they, they tear people down, they, they bite, they, they lie, They're, they use profanity. You've outgrown that. Man, I, when I was a youth pastor, I used to do what Pastor Darrison and Pastor Whitney did for 12, 13 years of my life. Our, our teenage group had 700 teenagers in it every Sunday night. I mean, it was crazy. And, and, and you know, when you, when, you, when you become like a teen, an early teen, you start experimenting with like bad language. And, and then some of you never grew out of it. And you just make an excuse for it. But you're a man of God, a woman of God. You don't have to talk like that anymore. You've outgrown that. It's not impressive. Hey, I would tell our teenagers, I tell my own kids, like, dropping that doesn't make you cool. It doesn't make you, it actually makes you sound like a fool. You know, when the person says one sentence and there's three F words and two GDs in it, great vocabulary, very educated, right? Profanity has no place no place in the no place. I'm not saying it to make you feel bad. I'm saying it because I've read what the word says. That's what the word says. If you use profanity, hey, I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm not critical. I'm in the fight with you. All I'm saying is it's time to make a decision I've outgrown that. Man, those don't fit me anymore. That doesn't fit me anymore. I, I'm, I'm done with that way of living. Men and women of God who are negative, man, they complain about everything. They gripe. They're hateful. I think some of the worst things I read is Christian people, what they post, what they comment on other people's stuff online. I see the church tearing the church down, pastors tearing pastors down. No wonder, no wonder the non-Christians want nothing to do with Jesus because we're setting a really bad example, a really bad example. It's time to grow up. You're bigger than that. You're better than that. Put the ways of childhood. (laughs) Have you ever heard like, because every generation there's like new cool words. So when I was a kid, the new cool word was like, awesome. And then we really went over the edge with dope. And now everybody says dope. But like back then, it was like, ooh, that's bad. Ooh, that's sick. Ooh, that's cold. You know, every generation has new cool words, right? And, and, and like, can you imagine, like, if, if you're like a 70-year-old and you're like, bruh. No cap, my boy. You're like 70, man, vibes. That's good vibes, right? I got bad vibes, right? Oh, say less. Like, I'm like 90 years old. You think you sound and look cool? You look like a fool. You have outgrown that. (laughs) You've outgrown that. 
He, he, he says, when I was a child, I, I, I spoke like a child. Da- David said in Psalm 141, 4, he said, and this is a prayer for all of us. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Let, let's read it, but make it our prayer out loud right now. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Put, put your hand over your mouth. And let's, let's say it again. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth and keep watch over the doors of my lips. Man, that's good. Because we know, I just said last week, and Pastor Scott said it a couple weeks ago in Proverbs 18, 21, that the tongue can bring life or death. And those who love to talk will reap the consequences. The tongue can bring death or life. There's a lot of powerful forces in the world. You know, we talking about like ballistic missiles and nuclear warheads and all that. There's a lot of powerful weapons, but there's no force, no weapon that's more powerful than our mouth. There's, there's nothing more powerful. It, it, the, 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 the word, the words you use, the words we use, they have the power of death, but the power of life. It was by God's word, a word. He spoke the heavens and the earth into existence. It was by a word that the devil deceived Eve. It was by her word that Eve convinced Adam. It's by our words. That we confess and we repent and we acknowledge that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, affording us grace and forgiveness and eternal life. Words are powerful, right? With your words, you can kill. With your words, you can hurt people. With with your words, you, you can destroy somebody's confidence. You can crush a child for the rest of their lives. Because of the words you used. You can destroy their confidence for the rest of their life because of what you said. Words are powerful. You can tear down somebody's self-worth. With your words, you can ruin somebody's reputation. You can ruin your own reputation. With your words, you can destroy your marriage. You can destroy your family. Yet with your words, you can also speak life. You can encourage. You can edify. You can build up. And you know when a child gets edified and encouraged, you can see it all over them. You could see them come to life and you can also see them go into death. By the way we use our words, by the way we encourage or discourage, you can bring hope with your words. You can bring healing with your words. You can build up confidence. You, you know, I believe my mother, who was a single mother, My mother had, my mom had no father. And then at 13 years old, her mother was raped and murdered. 
my mother lived in Southern California as, as, as a child. At, thir- at 13, she has no parents. At 16, she has me. You know, if you get to know my mother, she is one of the most anchored women of God that, that I've ever even been around in my life. She, she's been through, she's been through, if I told you her story, she, she's been through more in a year than most of us have been through in a lifetime. And I got to say is my mother, there's something about that woman of God that as a child, every day of my life, she instilled in me that you can do anything you put your mind to. You can do anything that you put your heart to. There's nothing that you can't do. There's nothing that you can't become. There's nothing that you can't accomplish. Do you know what that does? To a human being's confidence. Some of you weren't raised with that luxury. Your parent told you how worthless you were. How stupid you were. How fat you were. And I just want to tell you. That you cannot believe the lies of the devil. Even it's your parents, the devil used your dad, the devil used your mom, the devil used somebody. Because you are a child of the most high God, designed by God for a purpose, for a reason. Everything about you, the way you look, the way you think, the way, the way, listen, the way you are, God created it. It's amazing the power of the word, isn't it? With your words, you can pray down heaven. You you can praise God almighty. We can praise God. We can talk to our creator with our words. In Ephesians 4, verse 29, it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only only that uh, what is helpful. What is helpful? What is helpful? Will you say that? What is help? What is helpful? Don't, don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Only what's helpful to build others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Ephesians 5, chapter 5, verse 4. He says, let there be no filthiness or foolish talk. Or crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Ephesians 4 again, verse 15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing. There's the word we're looking for. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Listen, the Bible talks extensively about our mouths. We, we couldn't, it would take a full year or longer of 52 Sundays if we wanted to explore everything the Bible said about 
your words. It's important. You, you can take off the bib and the beanie and the binky and the diaper and you can start diving into the word yourself and discover what God's word says about your mouth. There's an entire chapter in the book of James dedicated to your mouth. It says in James chapter three that we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who's never at fault in what he says is perfect, which means none of us are perfect. Able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. They're large, driven by strong winds. They're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue, it's a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. It sets the course of one's life on fire and itself and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil. Full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and our Father. And with it we curse human beings. Who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing my brothers and sisters. This should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters. Can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. This is some powerful stuff. I, I think the thing that stands out to me, at least right at this moment in this passage, is out of the same mouth come, come praise and cursing. Out of the same mouth, we praise God. Oh, God, we praise you. Praise the Lord. Oh, my soul. And you walk out of here and you curse men. The same mouth. God, I love you. I praise you. You are my firm foundation. And then you go out and you gossip. Come on, am I real or not? Because God is saying you're too, you, you're, you're too big for that now. It, 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 you're grown. You're grown, man. You're grown, woman. It's time, it's time to grow up. Gossip. Yeah, I was thinking about this because it says we praise God and curse men who are made in the image of God. We're, we're God's children. Have you ever had like somebody, for, for those of you that are parents, have you ever had somebody, another kid, a coach, somebody, like they trashing your kid. They're speaking poorly of your kid. You ever had that happen? I have. Woo. I'm a pastor today. <laughs> I'm a daddy. Don't, don't talk about my kid. Don't talk about my kid. When you're gossiping, you're talking about 
God's kid. God's child. He made them. They're not perfect. Neither are you. Talk about yourself. This is a really sobering verse because Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, it says, I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an account for it in the day of judgment. You're going to save yourself a lot of time in judgment day. If you learn to get this right, right now. And the second thing I want to look at is just the second part of the scripture is that you've outgrown thinking like that. Your thought, it's a mindset. I'm moving on, man. I've outgrown thinking like that. I've I've outgrown it. I'm not there anymore. I'm in a new place. You know, it's like the high school kid that graduates high school that still goes back to the high school parties. Man, some of you still going back to those mental heights. You've outgrown that. You've outgrown that. Man, you're a 23-year-old at a high school party. You're a 30-year-old at a high school party. No, man, you've outgrown that. You've outgrown that mentality, that way of thinking. You've out, listen, it's time to outgrow negative thinking, critical thinking, judgmental thinking, fearful thinking, faithless thinking. You've outgrown that. And the crazy thing about your thoughts is that they're tied directly to your words. And if you learn to develop a spiritually mature mind, that's the secret to developing a spiritually mature mouth. They're, they're, they're tied together. Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter 12, verse 24. He said, for out of the above, Abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's right. That's facts. Big facts, as the youngsters would say. The thought (laughs) is a seed. Listen, the thought is a seed. The word is the fruit. The thought is the seed and the word is the fruit. And for the most part, you get to control that harvest. For the most part, you get, you get to control the seeds planted in your mind. Well, I can't help it. I just saw it. Well, turn it off. Some of you'd be blown away at how positive you'd become. If you went on like a 30 day social media fast, a 30 day national news fast, some of you are so addicted to negativity. You're going to struggle with that. You're so addicted to drama. Drama is the fuel to the toxicity in your soul. So you got to keep it going. You'll be surprised how pure and how clean and how clear your mind would be. If you said, I'm going to fast just this one thing, negativity. So now where, where's the negative? Sorry, mom, we're not going to talk for a month. I love you, but 
You know, every time I call you, man, my blood pressure goes up because you talking about my sister and you talking about my brother and you talking about my uncle. You talk about, I just, I need 30 days. <laughs> Are you fasting me? Yeah, I'm fasting you. You should fast you too. Then we would be good to go. Out of the abundance of the heart, the, the, the seeds are the, the thoughts, the words are the fruit. And, and if you want, if you really want to know, are your thoughts healthy? Examine the words you use. Examine the way you use them. Examine your mouth because your mouth reveals the health of your heart. In the, the, the larger portion of this scripture with Jesus in Matthew 12, he said a tree is identified by its fruit. <laughs> a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, the fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes... How could evil men like you speak what is good and right for whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces the good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces the evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. Jesus said, you will know them by their fruits. I'm not judging you. I'm, I'm just a fruit inspector. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out what kind of fruits you're producing, man. It's not, it's not about you. It's about me. It's about what I want to let into my life. It's about what I want to let into my mind. It's about what I want to be a seed in my mind. Because that is going to become the fruit of my lips. Proverbs 4.23 I've preached this many times where the good news translation says, be careful how you think because your life is shaped by your thoughts. The new international version of that says above all else, guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life for everything you do. It flows from it, right? So be careful how you think. Well, I just think what I think. No, you don't. Thinking is a habit that you learn. Your thought patterns are habitual. And you can retrain your thought patterns. And you either control your thoughts or your thoughts control you. You either, you either dictate it or it dictates you. So Pro Proverbs also says in 23.7, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, the mind is that powerful. You believe what it tells you. You build your life on what it tells you. Have you ever met a gorgeous person that thought they were ugly? Have you? They're like stupid hot, but they think they're ugly. Or they're like the best fit person you've ever seen in your whole life. They're like top 10 most fit people in the world and they think they're fat. That's a mindset. 
Have you ever met the opposite? Somebody that is not pleasant to the eye at all, but they think they are gorgeous. I kind of like that. That's that confidence, baby. That's, that's confidence. That's about mindset. Mindset. And, and your thoughts, he says, be careful how you think because your life is shaped by your thoughts. You, you start thinking on something and that's where it goes. In Romans 12, 2, it says, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The renewing of it. The renewal of it. That means you can renew the, the, the old stuff in there, it can, it can start to be washed away. You need to create the right environment to build a right mindset. Listen, this is not like life coaching and the power with, this is the power of God. The power of the Holy Spirit is dwelling within you. You just have to listen and do your part. Tap in, tap in and be disciplined. Turn off the things you shouldn't be listening to. You learned, you learned somewhere to worry. You learned it. Probably somebody modeled it in your life for you. You can thank them. You learned it. Because everything they say is worry, worry, worry. And I just, I don't know, the sky's falling. The world's coming to an end. Everything is the world's dying. It's coming to an end. Everything's bad. It's like a country song. You know, people like that. You learned to be negative. You learned to be critical. You learned to gossip. It's a habit. And what you have learned, you can unlearn. And you can learn new habits, godly habits. Develop new habits. Change your old habits. It's going to take time. But Ephesians, again, chapter 4, verses 22 and 23, it says, Put off your old self, which belongs to your former. When you were a child, when you were a spiritual child, it belongs to your former manner of life, and it's corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed. There's the word again. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Do you know how important God, do you know how important this message is for you today? I'm going to tell you how important this message is for you today. I, I wrote this message and didn't like it, so I wrote an entirely new message. I wrote two messages this week. I stressed myself so out. Because I didn't want to preach this message. I said, this isn't God, not yet. So I wrote a whole other message. I slept three hours last night. Three. One, two, three. That's like a nap in the middle of the night. I just think the devil's been fighting and coming at me with everything he's got to keep this message away from you because he knows, he knows if you get on fire for God and become spiritually mature for him, how you alone are going to change your community and change your family and change your workplace and change our city and change this world and change this culture. You alone, when you get that fire in your soul to grow up spiritually, to say, I'm going to go all in for God. 
I'm moving forward and I'm not looking back. I'm putting away the childish things. It's time to outgrow negative thinking. It's time to outgrow, be argumentative all the time. It's time to outgrow being defensive. It's time to outgrow being mediocre. It's time to outgrow the martyr mindset. It's time to outgrow the victim mentality. My God, help us. Outgrow it. Outgrow the mindset. You you think everybody's against you. Dude. Nobody's against you. Nobody needs to be against you because you're doing a good enough job being against yourself. No more small mindedness. Tell somebody that no more, no more small mindedness. That mindset. That's too small, man. It's time to outgrow small. I'm outgrowing small dreams. I'm outgrowing small goals. I, I, I'm outgrowing these things. I want to have the mindset of Jabez. Do you remember Jabez in the Bible? It's a famous uh, prayer of Jabez. It's short and it's sweet, but it says this in First Chronicles chapter 4. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. God enlarge my territory. God enlarge our territory. God enlarge the territory of Impact Church. God enlarge our territory, expand our minds, expand our dreams, stretch our imaginations, give us bigger, God, bigger, bigger dreams, bigger visions. God, expand, expand our influence, expand our financial position, not because of selfishness, but because of selflessness. God, expand our financial position so that we can reach more people for Jesus, so that we can be more generous for Jesus. God, enlarge our territory. Enlarge our territory. Because we've outgrown that old stuff. We've outgrown it. Father, we pray today In Jesus' name, God, that we move on to spiritual maturity. God, that we move on. Just like Elisha's disciples who were so hungry for growth. So many people were hungry to be discipled. That they said, where we're staying is too small for us. So God, give us a hunger. That where we've been saying, it's too small for us. God, enlarge our territory. God, enlarge our territory. God, enlarge our territory. God, I pray for new dreams to be birthed today. God, I pray for new visions to be birthed today. God, I pray, God, for a fresh anointing to be birthed today. God, a fresh anointing, a fresh anointing. 
God, a brand new work, a brand new work. I pray a business idea is birthed out of this this message, God, that, that, that a ministry is birthed out of this. God, that pastors and missionaries are birthed out of the seed of this message today. If you're here today, maybe you've never used your words to acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Your words are powerful. And Jesus, Jesus died for you. God loved you so much that he gave his one and only son to die for you. So that you'll have eternal life. He paid the ransom for our sin. He died a death he did not deserve for you and you and I who didn't deserve it. And when he hung on that cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The power of his words to forgive those who hurt you. The power of his words when he said, It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. What is finished? It's finished. I paid the price. I paid the price for my children. I paid the price so that their sins won't be held against them. So that their sins, as the Bible said, are cast as far as the east is from the west. So that their transgressions, as the Bible said, are thrown into the depths of the sea. And as Hebrew says, God says, I will remember your sins no more. As Corinthians says that If you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, the old is gone. The old is gone. The new has come. That you become a brand new creation. And Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. So today I'm looking for some people that say, I'm ready to confess with my mouth. I'm ready to confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I'm ready to confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord because I want to be saved. If that's you today, I want you to lift your hand right now where you are. You say, I'm ready to confess with my mouth. Come on, lift your hand. Lift your hand. I'm ready to confess with my mouth. There's hands everywhere. You're not alone. There's hands everywhere. I'm ready to confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Well, then let's do it. Let's do it together. Let's do it, every one of us together. Even if you didn't lift your hands, let's do it to support our brothers and sisters who said, I'm doing it for the first time. Would you repeat this prayer and say, dear Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And help me to grow spiritually mature. That I may be a man or woman of God. Who serves you faithfully. God, I seal this prayer with my words. In Jesus' name, we all say Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. 
If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you and get you more connected. Visit impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life.